Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Welcome to Sports Day. Nice to have your company. Me, Carl Langdon and Mark Reddings with you tonight. Wonderful 3, 882. We've got a small window of opportunity. If you want to join in, you need to do it now. And if you've got anything that's hot that you want to talk about, maybe you heard something or you know something, thanks to the Darnut Butchering Company, Taste of Darnut Valley Spring Lamb, then call through right now on 833882. We'll put you to air. We'll update some trade radio news for you shortly. But plenty of news headlines, thanks to Polaris. Polaris, Australia's number one selling side side brand as I welcome in my co-host Mark Reddings. Welcome Skeet. Hello Carl, great to be with you on this Friday night. Beautiful spring in the air and uh, nice warm weather this weekend. So much sport to talk about. You said, have you heard anything? Well, I've heard something. It involves Essendon legend Kevin Sheedy and the vote which has been revealed at board level for the incoming coach Brad Scott and it's created some waves on the East Coast. I'd love to hear our listeners' thoughts, particularly Bombers fans, One double three eight eighty two. Sheeds has come out today and essentially revealed uh, the boardroom vote being 6-1 in favour of Brad Scott. The one dissenter, or the one person who didn't vote for him, was Sheeds. And you know who he voted for? James Hurd. So he was quite uh, adamant that he didn't want to uh, just go along with a party line and say it was a so-called unanimous decision, which uh, Essendon claimed never was the case. But he stood by his uh, digs and said, look, I voted for James Hurd. I didn't want it to be known that I didn't. And so it's caused a bit of a ruckus. And many people at the Bombers now saying he should stand down as a board member. And, of course, they can't sack him. But uh, will Sheeds now walk away from the club that essentially uh, he has been a legend of for the best part of three decades? Why why, why do you need to come out and say that in public? This is the point Mm. that I'd like to make. And look, uh, the Eston Football Club are are really disappointed by this. Some saying that he's lost touch, and maybe he has. I mean, he's been around for a long time. And look, we had some calls the other night that felt that he was a bit of a, a cancer on the team and something that they they didn't feel that uh, was going to be welcomed and that he'd, he'd sit in a corner and and start to, to, to nitpick, which he, he already has by revealing the vote. Why do you need to reveal the vote? Um, you know, I find that... I find that extraordinary, but yeah, I'm not a bomber supporter, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be very disappointed. I wouldn't expect that, you know, for West Coast, say that when Adam Simpson and, and say Peter Sumich were going through the process at West Coast on the back of John, John Warsaw, I, I don't want to know the vote. What I want to see happen is, is the best person for the job. Now, you know, while I was disappointed for my great mate Peter Sumich, I was heartened by what's happened under the leadership of Adam Simpson, a grand final in 2015, a premiership in 2018. I mean, no one can sit here and say that Adam Simpson hasn't been a success since he's taken on the role at West Coast. Now, in more recent times, there's some challenges. 
where West Coast right now, they're at rock bottom. They're basically back where we were, Skeet, when I was there in 1989. Mm. It's how they now climb out of it. So that'll be the challenge. But, yeah, I don't know that what Sheeds has done today is something that it's very distasteful for me. Yeah, quite easily. He could have rung up James Hurd and said, the vote was 6-1, I voted for you, and it would have been a far more palatable result. I think you're right. Publicly, you don't need to air your dirty linen uh, every time. Sometimes the facts need to come out. But on this occasion, I think it was 6-1. It was always going to be a Brad Scott appointment. Uh, so that's uh, that's one area that we've we've sort of uh, put into the open, and one double three eight eighty two. The other one is I'd like to ask you, Jordan Dugowie has signed that deal, the long-term deal, with Collingwood, but the two-year performance behavioural clause in there uh, has caused some debate. We know he's playing good footy. We know he's got a bit of a rap sheet when it comes to indiscretions off the field, but a two-year compromise, I guess, in many ways, but Jordan Degoe realising that he needs to still stick to the party line and Collingwood realising they want to keep him. So is this just a, a blend of, of two wills coming together and getting the right result? Yeah, look, I'm not so sure about the behavioural clause. I'm not. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not in there. Uh, look, the, the AFL Players Association were very, very strong on it not being in there. Now, we don't see the contract. But what you do know is that you are expected to behave and be a person that upholds the values. And when it comes to you know, sexual, racial, religious, vilification, and, and all of the other elements that go with a standard playing contract in the AFL. There is a standard playing contract in the AFL. Now, now I can't actually see them adding the bits in, but what you do know is there are penalties. There are penalties that your club has the ability to hand out, and then you've got the penalties that the AFL has the ability to hand out. So, mate, you know, you have to be a moron to be, to be serious. You'd have to be a moron on the back of the deal that he's been able to do, which is significant, it's a long-term deal for good money to stuff it up. Now, if he yeah. stuffs it up, it's his own fault. You know, yeah. you make your bed, you lay in it, right? But also, I also understand the club trying to protect their interests. If they're going to pay big money to a, a player over a long period of time and he has a, a record of, of overstepping the mark, then you're going to do whatever you have to do, I believe, uh, to protect your interests. I know you're saying there's a standard uh, AFL player contract in place, but let's be honest, Jordan Dugowie is not a standard AFL player, not in his, his playing ability, but also in what he's done outside of footy. So that also has been uh, brought into it. So I, I, I do get Collingwood where they're coming from on this. I can understand them being very cautious because uh, Jordan Dugowie gets that clause removed. Um, he does something off the rails and... And what happens? He's he's got the contract locked and loaded uh, without any yeah, yeah, any you know, any comeback. You know, if we if we reflect back to last night, you asked the question of Colin Young, a prominent uh, a player manager. Yes, and there's deals, mate. I mean, you look at you look at the 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 Jack Bowes situation with Gold Coast. Because his his deal is so heavily back ended, in that he he hasn't got much money up front, but he's obviously got a fair bit out the back. They're offering him up. If they take on his salary, this is another club and pick seven. So, but, but that's there are financial, ways Carl. In which, that's financial. Yeah, We're talking a, yeah. a, a unique. It's pretty unique. A behavioural clause, which I don't know how many players do you know that have had a behavioural clause in their contract. 
Well, well, that's why I'm, I'm suggesting to you that I don't think there's a behavioural cause in there. I mean, basically, they can have that discussion, but as to whether it's actually emanated and it's actually in there, I, I, I question that part. Let's go to the phones. If you'd like to call in about that, that's good. Uh, Trade Radio update, thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. We do know uh, that Carl Amon is going to the Hawks. Uh, what we do know is Tom Papley's going nowhere either because, like Degoey, he has signed a long-term deal, a five-year extension at the Swans through until the end of 2028. As we go to James in Perth. G'day, James. Uh, yeah, yeah, g'day, mate. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, same as yourself, I've got no idea of, you know, how, what goes on with uh, Essen and stuff, but just clubs in general, what, I, I'm not really sure what's the problem with you know, like, probably, I know you said, like, uh, if Sumo was going against someone else, you know, whatever, like, let's, let's just leave it at that. But what's the problem, you know? It's like, uh, if it's out there, just like, uh, I'm probably not explaining myself real good here, you know, but what I'm saying is basically... Uh, do you think Kevin Shee should have said what he said? James, um, are you backing Kevin yes. Sheedy or do you think well, he should leave the club? Hello? That, that's what I'm saying to you. Is, is exactly what, what has he said that was so bad? Well, he's, he's spoken, I suppose, outside the boardroom and revealed uh, the details of the vote. Now, you, essentially, you're saying, James, you don't believe what he's done is uh, not a sackable offence, not something that, sh- that the Bombers should be upset about. All he revealed was the truth. So I get you, your, your point there, so we'll take that on board as being a supporter of, of Kevin Sheedy. Carl, let's go to Daniel and Dinella. Hi, Daniel. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Um, How are you? Yeah, so t- tomorrow's grand final, uh, yep. Westperth and Claremont, I reckon it's an absolute ripper of an idea for it to be as traditional waffle ground. I did go to the last waffle ground final I went to, uh, what was an opposite stadium uh, three or four years ago. Mind you, yeah, say 20,000 there, maybe. Mind you, CV Belt and West Purple half time. And, but it wasn't the same atmosphere. This, this, it's a sellout, as I understand, at Leaderville tomorrow. It just rejuvenates the whole idea. Yeah, Daniel, uh, it's, it's certainly one, one, uh, view that is pretty strong, particularly after the 2020 grand final at Fremantle where South Fremantle beat Claremont. It was a great atmosphere. Well, tomorrow, just for people who are wondering, I think around 12,000 tickets have been sold uh, to Daniel and Carl and our listeners. So there's going to be the opportunity, I believe, for some walk-ups at the ground tomorrow. Well, I but don't that... think you can get by walk-ups. You have you... to actually book Carl, them online. Carl, listen to me. You can actually oh, go... I'm, up... I'm, listen, I'm listening to you. I'm telling this you. Morning, well, I'm ch- this morning, no, no, they no, cold. Okay, no, you listen to me. Well, I'm telling you where I'm working. Okay, okay. Okay, listen to me for a moment. This morning on the radio, they were <laughs> yes, told who? they had to who? buy tickets on, on the program this morning on breakfast Who's that? with Oliver and Jenna yeah, on 6PR. Yeah. They were told that they had to buy tickets online. Now, if yes, you know I've something since, different, then roll it into the program. I've since clarified uh, with the breakfast team, the uh, midday team and others that that was not the case, that there was also an abs- there's a possibility for tomorrow for people to walk up to the ground, which 
And can they pay cash? No, they can't. Right, so they they can't pay cash. No, they can't pay cash. So what what they have been encouraging is to buy in ticks online and then you get free transport with your ticket. There will be a certain number available tomorrow at the gate to purchase for people on the day. That is dependent on how many tickets are left. Now, at this stage, I believe maybe a couple of thousand. So on that basis, there are going to and be... What if there's no, and what if there's no tickets and they rock up to the game and there's no tickets? Well, guess what? It's a sellout. Right. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's a bit of a schmozzle as far as I'm no, concerned. Why? Why is it a schmozzle? Well, because, because if it's because a sellout, why, why why would you why would you make people um, rock right. up tomorrow to pay at the re- gate when they mightn't be able to get a ticket? Because there are twelve thousand tickets sold as we speak. Pe- a lot of older people can't use computers, mate. Carl, if you're not listening, there are still two thousand tickets. So two thousand people. Now, unless what you if want two thousand the... people buy tickets tonight and then the people tomorrow rock up tomorrow and they can't get in. You know what? Then it's a sellout. Sorry, but these things happen. I mean, <laughs> so, 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 no, you tell me how many tickets should be left aside for, for walk-ups on the day then? Well, I'm, you don't, you I tell me. Thought, no, no, you I tell me. You give thought, me the numbers. I, I just would have thought though, the whole process. How many? How many numbers? Have, you tell me. You're asking me for a number? Yeah, because you're telling me. I, I, I would, I would have thought, I would have thought that the whole process would have been easier and that you would have been able to pay with cash. Mate, right. it's 12,000 have already purchased, so it can't be that difficult. Well, it is for a lot of people when you Mate, 12,000 have purchased. People, okay? The demographic it's... of people are still going to be able to... If you want to go to the footy tomorrow, you can go. You've got to, I mean, there's still 2,000 tickets, to my knowledge, available when they get to the ground tomorrow. Now, if they go, Carl, they go. It's a sellout. You can't fit more than 15,000 or 14,000 into a ground that is the capacity of 14 or 15. That's simple. Right. Arithmetic. Right. Well, we can keep on arguing all we like. It's not an argument. Uh... It's fact. Well, that's your fact. Mine's different. It's nine and a half to Well, you're wrong. Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor project sorted at Toolkit Depot. Now, after our next break, we're going to be having a chat to Huey Bowman. We've got so much coming away tonight. Joy Richardson's going to join us, and then we're going to have a big focus on the WAFL and NRL Grand Finals after seven as we lead into uh, the back end of the program. Uh, what's hot for you? Thanks to the Dardanut Butchering Company's Valley Spring Lamb, available at WA's best restaurants, hotels, and cafes. And uh, we've had I Shane think we found the here. topic. Well, we've had Shane off air who says he's on your side. What I, all I would say tonight is, Skeet, on the back of our discussion we just had, is that my advice is for everybody who wants to go to the Waffle Grand Finals, buy a ticket tonight because there's no guarantee rocking up to the gate tomorrow. Is is that fair? I've been told there will be some walk-up tickets tomorrow. I don't know how many. Um, what are you laughing at? Well, well so, okay, you, Carl, just, ta- just take it back out, a step. If it's, sold out, if it's sold out online tonight, then how yep. can there be walk-up tickets tomorrow? So, so because my the, advice because the anticipation be, is okay. Well, you, you, my, okay. my advice would be to, to actually buy a ticket tonight if you want to go to the Waffle Grand Final. I mean, with the passion we're talking about tonight, hopefully it's a good game on the field. Uh, Jeff in Seville Grove, g'day, Jeff. G'day, guys. Um, and, and just following on the back of exactly what you guys were just talking about, I think Skeet's taken the uh, the PI double five there a little bit because uh, if he's expecting there to be gates uh, tickets available on the gate, there there should be a number. As Carl said just before, elderly people they can't use internet things like that. I think if you if you're stating Skeet that there is tickets available on the gate, then give us a number and say yep. 2,000 people can walk up tomorrow or 
500 people can walk up tomorrow. Don't leave them hanging. Tell them to buy a ticket or not. I think you're sitting on the fence here a little bit, mate. Jeff, I'm not sitting on the fence. Everyone has been strongly encouraged because of the ability, once you buy a ticket online, you get a free public transport uh, pass with that, which alleviates any dramas and getting to the ground. So that is the obvious one. Then I'm listening to Carl's argument, which I totally hear, about people that are maybe elderly, that aren't au fait with booking online. Uh, I do get that. But there's still been 12,000 people who've been able to do that to this point. Now, if 2,000 go overnight, then so be it. But I've been told by the powers that be there will be tickets at the ground tomorrow. Not that there'll be 10,000, not that there'll be 6,000, but at least a couple of thousand available for walk-ups without cash. It has to be by card. So when you're selling uh, an event, you generally try to get people to book online in these circumstances, and then you save some uh, for walk-ups on the day. That's how it generally pans out, and I'm sure we'll get a sellout crowd, and hopefully those that want to go on the day, people will miss out. If you book in early, like a concert, like the AFL Grand Final, if you if you don't get an early in the ballot, you, you miss out. And unfortunately, with a limited capacity, people will miss out if they're not quick. Yeah, exactly right, and that's how it works. But uh, again, my advice would be, if uh, you have the ability, or if you don't, get one of the youngsters out there. Uh, if you're an older person who's tuned into 6PR, which we fit into that demographic, then yeah, get true. hold of one of your, your your kids or one of your grandkids and get them to book yourself a ticket tonight so that if it does sell out tonight, you don't rock up tomorrow disappointed. That's, uh, I think, important to, to roll into the program tonight. Hey, Skate, there's so much other sport going on as we leave that uh, because we will be revisiting it after... After 7 o'clock tonight, Jason Salasic and also Grant Povey as we go into the opposition camps. But uh, plenty of other news bubbling around thanks to Polaris. Thank you, Australia, for making Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand 21 years in a row. Absolutely. Uh, and we're looking forward to having a chat to you. So the second hour with NRL coming up. And the build-up to that compared to an AFL grand final, and we know that uh, cricket tomorrow at the WAC isn't interesting. Tomorrow, the overlap of seasons with Western Australia playing a Marsh One Day Cup starting just after 10 o'clock, and, of course, a full day at Leederville with uh, uh, footy final. So it's going to be huge and can't wait to see, with weather being like its forecast, it's going to be outstanding on both sides of the river. So looking forward to that. Uh, we talked footy already. You mentioned Je- Jordan Dugowie, uh, the Brad Scott uh, issue which certainly has landed Kevin Sheedy in hot water. Um, Jack Redden, worth talking about his contribution, Carl, over um, a long career at Brisbane, West Coast, Premiership. Uh, got offered a one-year contract, decided to retire. Did this surprise you today? It did surprise me, mate, only because of how well he'd been playing. I think that, you know, for me, uh, and and the contribution that he made, and look, he's one of the older guys in the team that was able to get through pre-season, get through COVID, and actually have an impact on the field. And he was one of the more consistent eagles for me in the whole season. So that's why I was surprised, because I still felt that he had something to offer. Um so, yeah, and look, I don't know what the monetary terms were, but, you know, he's satisfied. He, he's got what he came into play for. He got that premiership back in 2018 after taking a chance and heading west. And he was one of the guys that we've spoken about numerous times over the, over the years, Skeeters being one from the outside, a bloke who actually wasn't a West Australian mm. who actually chose to come and play footy in WA. Yeah, and just on that, Jaden Hunt, we think, will come from Melbourne to the Eagles. So I've often said it's very difficult to get players of that, sort of ilk, and look, that's there's a couple of examples there, but going back to Jack, one-year contract on the table, surely his body's not right. I mean, that, that has to be, well, that's the only reason I could find, Carl, if you've, you're offered another one-year deal, is that what you're thinking, I'm only guessing here, but um, whether he's just mentally cooked with, with playing footy, it just feels like if you're offered that one-year contract, unless your body probably can't go around again, then, then maybe that is 
the best call, but uh, he's been a fine servant, and I have to say it's, it's surprised a few people uh, in footy over here in the West. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I would concur wholeheartedly with that. Um, now, when it comes to a few of the uh, winners overnight, were you surprised by Jeremy Cameron and Cam Guthrie winning Geelong's fairest and best? Um, not particularly. I think Jeremy Cameron's been... Uh, did, I thought he would be the winner of their fairest and best. Guthrie perhaps sneaking under the radar a fraction. I think he won it a couple of years ago uh, as well. He's been such a, an unheralded midfielder in so many ways. But uh, a premiership, he mentioned last night, the premiership is obviously a standout for him. And he, he spoke such lovely words about Joel Selwood. So, um, and Jeremy Cameron, well... Um, I think he might be expecting a child with his partner soon, so it's a pretty hectic time for him. But it's been, I think, when you look at Guthrie, uh, Cameron at Geelong, oh, I would have thought Cameron for me, but, gee, there's there's so many contenders who could have been top five finishers, but Cameron for me was the standout just uh, from, from a long way away. There's always uh, lots of sport unfolding. Uh, Hawthorne defeated West Coast tonight in the AFLW, 6-8, mm. 44-6-5, 41, a close one. And Frio will be in focus against Melbourne. Melbourne have been in ripping touch down at Frio Oval on Sunday as the AFLW continues. 10 past 12, that match will get underway. Skeet on Sunday? Yeah, because it's a short season and the Dockers have started pretty sluggishly, albeit that win, that win in the Derby. I just find it hard to see them making a, a big impact on the season, perhaps on uh, giving them... And not enough respect, but yeah, look, we know that the issues they've had injury-wise, and and Trent Cooper's had to try and uh, rally some some numbers up. But yeah, they're they're definitely improving. But have they got enough time? Are they playing catch-up footy? Uh, and if they do, can they make a big enough impact at the business end? We got the Singapore Formula One Grand Prix this weekend. We got in Thailand the MotoGP. We got the Hockey One tournament with our Thunder Six getting underway. We got the Marsh Cup. We've got our girls in WNCL action as we speak. Rain's interrupted that game. That'll be going long until uh, into the night. Uh, we've got uh, the Wildcats season that kicks off on Sunday. We've already spoken about a few of the other sports, including the Grand Finals that we're going to be talking about tonight. And we got some incredible racing action, and that is all going to unfold both uh, down in Melbourne and up there in Sydney and will happen at the Randwick Racecourse tomorrow and our next guest who will join us out of the break is a legend of the turf. Absolutely, Hugh Bowman and if you don't know him for anything else you know he's one of the guns of the sport and Winks, the superstar of the sport will hopefully have a chat to him a bit about what it meant to ride the supermare. We'll get to him after this here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor project sorted at Toolkit Depot. Great to have your company here on Sports Day. And what is hot is racing this weekend. Thanks to the Dardanup Butchering Company. Taste that Dardanup Valley spring lamb. I can see it on the barbie with perfect weather forecast this weekend. And races happening in Randwick. And it's a huge race day. Uh, I think in total there's three group ones, two group twos and two group threes. And a bloke who's always in the thick of the action is Hugh Bowman. And he joins us here on Sports Day. Hughie, welcome, mate. Nice to chat. Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, we're going all right, mate. Uh, big day for you tomorrow. I think uh, eight of ten races you're riding in. Um, do you get excited at this time of the year, given the number of big races that are on the calendar? Well, obviously, yes, I do. But what excites me is going into a race meeting like tomorrow with some seriously good chances. But, you know, I mean, as you alluded to at the start of the, at the introduction, I've been there before and, and I've been fortunate enough to taste the success many times but you know when you go into the race meeting with with genuine winning chances it's always exciting and 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you talk about your experience. Does it mean that there are any less nerves or anxiety levels or any less because you've had so much success, or do you have a fair bit of pressure you place on yourself as well, Huey? Oh, I don't, we'll call it pressure. I mean, even in the Winks days, I didn't feel as though I was, I was under pressure, but I, I just think you get a certain level of um, of anxious, anxiousness in, in, in a good way to, to just go out and perform well and do your job. You know, and at the end of the day, it's a unique sport and, you know, it's really the horse, the, the athlete, and we've just got to try and guide them through their paces and have the confidence to do so. But, um, yeah, it's all about having going in with good chances. If I was going into a tomorrow's meeting with what I thought horses that couldn't win, well, even even though it's a big meeting, I, I wouldn't imagine I'd be getting all, all that excited. But I, I do feel I've got really decent rides tomorrow, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a huge race day, as Carl alluded to. Mind you, a heavy eight. There's been a fair bit of rain in Sydney. Does that uh, hinder or help the chances of some of your gallopers? No, look, it's going to... It's not going to hurt them too much. I wouldn't want to see it get worse than an eight, though, which which it may well do. We've had a lot of rain here. It's been a really wet year. Um, it's continued... It's been constant throughout, and... This week, I mean, we've had, we've had two weeks of really good weather, but this week the rain's come back. So there's not much we can do about that. Uh, most of my horses will be okay with it, but I, I prefer not to see it get to like a 10, heavy 10 range. If, if it does, it does. Can't do much about it. Now, you, you've been riding a few at good odds too, including on the weekend when you took a trip down the coast to Melbourne. Now, I look at Madame Pomery and I look at its uh, heavy track form and it's it's one. It's uh, only a lightly raced individual out of uh, Chris Wallace stable and at 13 bucks, mate, there's no reason why you can't win the first group one of the day. No, I agree. I think it's a very open race. Um, it's, five, it's unusual, but I think five or six wins Phillies, five or six Phillies could win win this race. I seriously do. So it's a very even field. But Madame Pomery was excellent running second in the T-Rose Stakes a fortnight ago. She's got a sense of timing about her. And, I, yeah, I, I really think she can look on. I hope she wins, but it's a, real, it's a, it's a very even race. Yeah, absolutely. Fireburn, of course, the one that beat you that day, Zoo Gotcha, has strung a couple together. Uh, we look ahead Zoo gotcha, to... Fireburn, there's other one. Um, there's also uh, the horse of Anthony Cummings. She's one over the track and distance. Exactly. So, and Gay's horse who won, won two starts ago. So the, the, it's, it's, it's not a two-horse race. No, North Star last. So that's uh, the top four. And, uh, of course, you're riding number six. So there you go from a box trifecta, everyone, tonight. There's a lead-in from uh, from our gun hoop in Hugh Bowman. Now, top-ranked. I like the name of that one, mate, the Irish horse. Uh, and uh, at the moment, mate, uh, certainly on our markets over here, uh, you're the 100 rater and given a very, very good chance. So you must be excited going into another one of the big ones of the day, the, the Epsom. Yeah, he's. I really like this horse. He's... He just oozes class. He's got strength. I'll, I think he's well in at the weights. Um, although he would meet some of those fillies, the likes of Fangirl, Hinge probably worse off than he would at weight for age. I, I don't see that as a as a negative. I, I think he's, I think he's got a winnable weight. I, 
he's all right on the wet ground. That's not a problem. Barrier four's ideal. Uh, the only thing I'd say about him, he's had a long layoff from injury, and he ran only two weeks ago, first up for a long time. I, I think in an ideal world, I, I probably would have preferred seeing him like three weeks between runs with a trial, just to let it, you know, just to give him more time to get over it and come back. But look, I'm probably nitpicking when I say that. I think I, I think he's the best horse in the race, and. Look, if he bounces off his first up performance, he'll win. If he comes out of that a bit flat, well, he may not. But I think he's a really, really good chance. The race before that, the Premier Stakes. Speaking of top weights, you've got lost and running. Ticks a lot of boxes. A little short in terms of uh, value, but it's been outstandingly consistent. Won 8 of 15, uh, has run on soft ground and performed pretty well. Got a barrier. Got your services there as well, Hugh. Uh, Thoughts? Uh, I just don't want it too wet. If we get a heavy eight or better, uh, he'll be winning. If it's worse than that, I'm, I don't know. I, he's a very big horse. He's very heavy, powerful, and I just think that, yeah, I just don't want it too heavy for him. That's the only thing. But he he's the best horse in the race, and, yeah, on, on, yeah I, I, I'm expecting him to win. What's your best of the day? I mean, you ride Achilles in the two-year-old in the gym crack. That comes up race number two. As I said, you've got eight rides of the day. Have we already spoken about your best, or is there something else you haven't told us about? Um, I, I, I quite No, we probably have, but I like Remark in the last. I mean, Achilles in the two-year-old, that's a lottery. I mean, yeah. who knows? But uh, Remark in the last, he, he's a really good horse, and he, he, he won well first up, first run as a gelding. Uh, I think he'd be better suited 1,200 Randwick than he was first up 1,100 at Rose Hill. But, look, I, I think if if the track's not too wet, lost and running from the best ride, there's no question. Uh, but, if, but if it gets really messy, uh, the uh, top rank will get through it, and so will Madame Pomery. So, I mean, the good rides are in the big races, so they're, they're all against the hardest opposition. But I've got to, yeah, lost and running's the best horse for sure. Well, you, speaking of best horses, just one sentimental question. I, I remember seeing Winks run at Randwick one day, and that goes into my memory, lank, memory bank as, a, as a, a bucket list racing item. How many people over the journey have come up to you and, and said they were there that day or they were there that other day when Winks just kept expanding her winning run? Yeah, it's hard to put a number on it, but look, what I have learned is what an amazing uh, influence she had on so many people, and... Yeah, many, many people, particularly the last race. Um, you know, they say, oh, we were there. I took my, took my kid there for the last race or we were there for the last race at Randwick. Um, I get that a lot. Or, or the, or the Cox plates, uh, Cox plates two, uh, three and four. People often mention that to me too. So yeah, very proud with my involvement with her and, you know, having ridden many good horses before and since her and, hopefully many more to come. Um, just to look at her record, it's just remarkable what she was able to achieve. Yeah, and it was fantastic watching it uh, evolve, mate. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much for sharing some time with us tonight here in Perth. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime. Thanks for having me on the show.
Hugh Bowman, who is uh, an absolute legend in the horse racing world, uh, one of the best that you will see piloting a horse around the racetrack, and uh, hopefully he's given us the right steer there. Uh, we need to get into a trade radio update, thanks to CMC Markets. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Uh, Skeet, uh, interesting today that Jordan Goey fell, and then all of a sudden there was talk around Eamon and Junior Rioli and others. So uh, looks like that there's going to be plenty of action unfolding on the first day on Monday. Absolutely. Next week's going to be chock of lock as expected. And yeah, the Dugowie one with those two years of behavioural clauses imposed and there was some pushing and shoving from both sides of the argument. But I think uh, Dugowie should and did stay at the pies. And uh, He's playing really good footy. He just has to keep his nose clean, so to speak, and then play some, uh, hopefully, a, a role in the pies winning a flag. Well, one of his teammates, Ollie Henry, has requested a trade to Geelong, and we know that Tom Papley has signed that five-year extension. We were only talking about that last night, but uh, five-year extension to the end of 2028. So to go until the end of 2027, Papley, that means he's got another six skate. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about this as well. Here's a guy that wanted to leave the club uh, the best part of 12 months ago, and now he's there for life. He's a club player for, for the rest of his time at the Swans, and, look, he's a feisty player. He's a, a good player, and the Swans have decided... He's decided that this marriage will stay. And Carl Amon, for those that uh, don't know, has joined the Hawks. So there you go. That's our trade radio update. We'll clear a commitment, come back on the other side. Jai Richardson is going to join us. He's going to be back in action in the cricket. We're looking forward to that. Back soon. Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Nice to have your company here on Sports Day and plenty of cricket underway already. Our WA boys victorious in the Marsh Cup and they've got another game kicking off at the Wacker Ground tomorrow morning, 10.05am. We'll see the first ball bowled and it's great to see Jai Richardson back in the team, back in action. And he joins us here on Sports Day. Joe, welcome, mate. How are you going? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, going well. I mean, haven't played cricket in a little while, so it's going to be nice to get out there and be back in the sunshine, I guess. Perth weather the turned it on for us. So, yeah, going good. Um, had a little bit of an interrupted preparation. Um, had a good period of being fit and healthy, and then a couple of things that have popped up. Um, had back spasms last week, which... Again, it's not really an injury, but just one of those things that pop up every now and again. Um, had something similar the Shield game last year. Um, so I just played the conservative approach last game, but ready to go this game. So really looking forward to it. So, Joe, when it comes to preparing for this summer, have you done anything different? Because you've had a, a few ailments along the journey. Mind you, that's a fast bowler's nature to go through those periods. But have you done anything different to try and ensure that your body stands up for longer? Look, to be honest, um, it's just been about getting consecutive bowls and actually building up a bit of a workload. It's been pretty tough. Um, I guess the hardest part is when you've had these little interruptions is getting back and getting consistent at bowling a lot to get these workloads up for longer form cricket. But the hardest thing about that is actually being able to do it. Um, You go into training sessions underdone, which means you're at risk of doing something else. It's, It's almost like a little period that you have to get through to, to almost mm. get over the hump, I guess, um, which has been the hardest thing. But at, at the moment, as it stands, I've, I'm hitting that. Um, we've got a really good plan moving forward, and, and tomorrow is obviously a big part of that. So I wouldn't say anything, anything necessarily too different. Um, the only thing that I guess has stopped me from starting the season how I would have liked is just a couple of little 
interruptions, uh, but nothing too serious, which I guess in, in the long term, nothing too serious isn't too bad, but it's still frustrating. Okay, so you're okay for New South Wales at the Wacker tomorrow in the Marsh One Day Cup. Will you be backing up for the Sheffield Shield? Um, I think that's a conversation to be had, um, still to be had, but I think we can definitely count in, if not Shield 1, um, we can definitely count in Shield 2. I think that's been spoken about and definitely part of the plan to get in Shield 2, but I think there's still a couple of conversations to have over Shield 1. Um, obviously, my my preference is to play, but we, we know with the uh, uh, all the research and, and the Sports guys, physios, doctors, all of that um, still need to go through all the numbers first. So we'll see how we go. But, yeah, definitely preference to play. Is your intention to play all forms this summer for WA, Scorchers? uh, uh, Is that all part of the plan for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think for me, obviously, this one-day game is the first box to tick off. Would love to play four-day cricket. Would love to play... T20 cricket and test cricket. I think test cricket is the big one for me this summer um, to get my body right for. Obviously, if I'm available to play test cricket, it means I'm probably doing well in the other areas and, and ready to play shorter format. So I guess for me, getting back to playing long format means I'm in a good space. Um, so that'll be the ultimate goal for me. But look, I mean, moving forward, we've got just announced today um, the WA11 versus India and a couple of T20s. So that'll be good fun as well. I, th- I think everything's on the cards for me this summer. When you look at, uh, say, the uh, national team, you know, we've seen Marsh and Stoinis rested. I think Kane Richardson and Ashton Agar have been rotated out uh, for this upcoming series that we've got. And today the International Cricket Council confirming that uh, on November 13 in Melbourne for the T20 World Cup that uh, the winner will take home a cheque of $1.6 million and 800000 to second, a prize pool of $5.6 million. And it's fantastic to be played here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's awesome. And, and that was obviously one thing that I was um, hoping to push for, but sometimes things don't go your way. But I guess the beauty of that is the national team's in a really good place. Um, having a look at the squad that they've got, the bowlers that they've got, it's really exciting to see World Cup cricket back in Australia. Um, and look, it just drives the hunger for me to, to get better and make sure I'm on the park um, later in the summer because obviously there's, there's so much cricket coming up. Um, priority for me is just to get up and running. So, I mean, it's super exciting. I can't wait to see it get underway um, and a nice little healthy check for the boys um, if they can get the job done. So that obviously builds a bit of motivation too. Yeah, terrific lure that. Now, your priority, you talk about that, it's taking wickets. We know that. You're a fast bowler. But the fact you've just developed your batting or your batting is certainly getting better and you're making more runs in important stages, how much importance do you place on that? Instead of coming in at, say, 9 or 10, getting it up in the order to say seven or thereabouts to, to give yourself that added dimension that maybe some other quicks around the country don't have? Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head there with adding a, a, another dimension to your game. Um, we know how important fielding and stuff is as well. Um, and I think, you know, the nature of my shoulder slash shoulders, um, the way that they've been for the last couple of years, it's probably pretty evident that batting is going to come into the equation a little bit more. So I think working... Um, on that has been a pretty good focus of mine. And obviously when I've not been up and fit and, and quite ready to go bowling, um, I've still been able to work on my batting. So it's certainly def- it's certainly important for me. Um, I think moving forward, I think it would be a great idea or a great plan for me to have to, to try and bat seven in shield cricket. That's a good goal for me to have um, moving forward. But, yeah, look, I think the more times that you can – make an impact 
with the bat um, is obviously good, and we see how important lower order runs can be, um, especially you know in Ashes series, World Cup series, big games um, can be super important. So I think it's yeah certainly something that I'm still going to concentrate on in the long run. Speaking to Joy Richardson ahead of WA's One Day Cup match, the Marsh One Day Cup against New South Wales at the Wacker. Hey, just quickly from a a bowling perspective, the Wacker, and we know historically how good that's been for fast bowlers or the drop-in pitch at Optus. Surely you'd still prefer to run in with the breeze behind your back from the Lily Marsh stand in if you get the chance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was interesting today actually coming down um, to training this morning. It, obviously, I think a few of the boys had forgotten that the ground had been extended a little bit for the waffle games that were there. Mm. So I think... Uh, it's going to be interesting. It feels a lot more, and I know that it was always um, short, straight, and quite big square, but it's almost exaggerated now with the ground extension after the waffle. Um, so I think the, the boys are saying today it's going to be an 80-meter-plus boundary on one side, which I think just, you know, it helps our game. We know how to play there. It almost has a bit of MCG vibes with the dimensions now. So, But it was, I just thought it was funny that um, a few of the boys had forgotten that the ground had been extended, and it certainly looks quite big square um, from the middle. So that'll be something that we take into consideration when we're defending. But, yeah, definitely, uh, look, I'll be putting my hand up to go with the win, that's for sure. Joe, thanks very much for your time tonight, mate. We appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Good on you. Jai Richardson, uh, part of our very big part of our WA men's cricket team. So Marsh Cup tomorrow against New South Wales at the Wacker Ground. As I said, play will get underway at 5 past 10. And then the Sheffield Shield action also at the Wacker Ground against New South Wales. Monday morning, 10.30 is when the first ball will be bowled. But they've got off to a good start, Skeet, haven't they? They absolutely have. And it's just a little bit weird, I've got to say. We're going to lead of a level tomorrow for footy and uh, about six or seven k's away. Uh, cricket is underway with the overlap of seasons. Well, it's nothing new, is it? No, it's not. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Adam Scott coming to town is big news today too. For the first time in three years, he'll play in the Australian Open on the 1st to the 4th of December. And prior to that, up in Brizzy, he'll play in the Australian PGA Championship. Some of the hot news, thanks to the Dardanelle Butchering Company's Valley Spring Lamb, available in WA's best restaurants, hotels and cafes. We'll clear a commitment on the other side. Come back and tell you about our grand final lineup after 7 next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Welcome back to Sports Day and thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre and a man who is reminiscing with his friends tonight, rubbing shoulders with some luminaries, a bloke who's been brilliant for us throughout the course of the NRL season. His name is Scotty Sattler and he is a premiership player for the Penrith Panthers who are now playing in another grand final. Five seasons, 118 matches, he played as a lock. And I'm glad to say that Scotty is on the end of the phone. Scotty, how are you, mate, tonight? I'm good, guys. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, really exciting time, obviously, around grand finals. Um, no difference to last week with the AFL grand final and the week leading into it. And, uh, and the vibe's different in Sydney, actually, because it's two Western Sydney teams in and around the CBD and the, the central parts of Sydney is, is a completely different vibe. There's not a, a, a huge uh, influx of rugby league uh, streamers or decorations. It's all... I was out in Penrith today, actually, which is about an hour west of the, the CBD in Sydney, and, and but it's a different story out there around Parramatta and Penrith. They're right next door to each other, and they're mortal enemies, and, and yeah, the passion out in the, 
the western suburbs of Sydney are a little bit different. We'll talk about the rivalry. This is the first time, I believe, they've actually played off in an NRL grand final. Of course, the Panthers going for back-to-back premierships. But it's been a bit of a wait for the Parramatta Eels going back to, I think, 1986. Yeah, yeah, 1986 when they, yeah, over six seasons, they won four premierships, and that's really their dream years. And came into the comp in 1947, and, uh, yeah, the 80s were their glory days. And, and it's been a long time since those players retired from that, that 80s team that, they really haven't found any, really any, any flow or continuity. Now, they played in grand finals in 2001, won the minor premiership by the length of the straight break. Every record at rugby league had to offer. And then they found themselves 24-0 down at half time uh, in that grand final against Newcastle. And then 2009, on the back of um, you know, superstar Jared Hayne, who took them through to a grand final, beaten by the great Melbourne club. And, yeah, but they've never really looked like winning one, to be quite honest, since 1986. And, uh, I've got to say, they're in the same position again this year on Sunday against the side that's in their third grand final in a row, prem, uh, current premiers in the Penrith Panthers, my old club. And uh, they are the only team that can unsettle the Panthers. I can say that. But they're playing against a, a side that is just ram jam full of you know, uh, strike players, uh, game breakers. And they know what big games are like now after their third premiership. So they're going in as the heavy underdogs. Absolutely. And when you look at, you talk about the star-studded nature of the Panthers, there's one guy who stands out, obviously Nathan Cleary missed a handful of matches because of suspension late in the season, but his kicking game, he controls the game. Panthers win in my eyes. Is that a fair call? Yeah, and it's only a little bit wet as well. And the kicking game in the wet is really important for field position. You just keep locking the opposition in their, in their quarter. So, yeah, having the five weeks off that he did, and then, you know, coming back on the sixth week, people were saying, oh, he's going to be rusty. He's going to be a bit a little out of tune. Well, he was coming back from no injury. So basically what he had the ability to do, guys, is sit back and dissect every team when he came into the finals. He was acting like another coach. So he actually improved his skills and his rugby league intellect uh, by having the five weeks off. And, you know, he's just primed to, to possibly get back-to-back Clive Churchill medal, medalists like your Norm Smith medalist. So, you know, it's, uh, he's, he's a... Phenomenal player, 24 years of age. If he wins another comp and another Clive Churchill, he'll, yeah, he, he could be eventually the greatest halfback we've ever seen by the time he's 32, 33. Scotty, we are reminiscing tonight as well as talking about, obviously, what's going to unfold uh, on Sunday in the NRL Grand Final. But I want to hear about your try-saving tackle back in the 2003 Grand Final where you ran down Sydney Roosters winger Todd Byrne. Tell us about this. Come on. <laughs> oh, we, whenever Grand Finals get spoken about, I suppose it gets, it gets raised quite quite extensively. It has this week, especially because Panthers are in the Grand Final again. And, you know what? It was a, it was a moment in the game where, um, you know, 54 minutes into the game, but it's something that my coach actually prepared me for for two years when he first came to the club, Johnny Lang. When he first came to the club, he said, "I want you to play the position you play. I want you to play an old-style fashion lock game, which means on the fifth tackle, I just want you to start hitting in behind the defensive line just in case you need it." And and I did that every training session and every game for two years. And then my final game for the Penrith Panthers, it um, you know, all the all the the preparation and the and the practice paid off, fortunately enough for me. So it was a wet night that night, and when it's a wet night, the mud runners, the slower players, come into uh, come into calculation a little bit like me. So, and you know what? That season we won the minor premiership, guys, and no one expected us to win the, the premiership. I think we we're playing three dollars fifty on grand final night, a two horse race, and 
and every one of our players on our side had their, their best games of their careers. So, yeah, all the planets aligned for everyone. And fortunately enough for me, it aligned for me because it's my last game at the club and I was able to, you know, finish at the club with a, uh, with a premiership, which, you know, brings back great, great memories. As it should. Now, do you remember a bloke playing for Newcastle who we're going to have a yak to tonight as well who is an NRL Premiership player by the name of Darren Albert? Do you remember him? Yeah. Oh, Darren Albert scored, the, scored one of the greatest grand final tries and, and one of the great grand final moments of all time in 1997. That was, that's an amazing story. That you know, Not only that, but the week before they played North and North were destined to make a grand final that year. One of the quickest players in the comp, Matty Sears, made a break from his own quarter. And Darren Albert came from the far touchline to bring him down a metre out from the try line. And talk about, yeah, you talk about the, you know, the tackle that, that I was fortunate enough to do. His was mine six times over. It was, it was one of the great moments in sport. And it allowed the Newcastle Knights to get through to the grand final the following week and win it. So, yeah, he's, a, he's one of the great classy wingers, uh, Darren Albert, and a hell of a nice guy as well. I'm glad you said that at the end there, uh, Scotty, because uh, I have got a connection with him. I can say this with a, uh, without name dropping too much. He happens to be my brother-in-law because uh, he's married to his sister up on the Gold Coast. So, oh, wow. Absolutely. So I don't have him covered for pace, uh, but he has <laughs> slowed down a touch. And uh, I'm glad you said those nice words about him because uh, he's, uh, in terms of NRL iconic moments, you're right, he certainly has that next to his name. Um, just when it comes to a bit of families, speaking of families, what about the, I mean, the Cleary connection uh, in tonight's game and, of course, the Arthur connection? There's uh, some nice family synergies here. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think it's the first time we've ever seen it in the game uh, where fathers are, are coaching their sons. I played, our coach was John Lang and our front row was Martin Lang, father and son, when we won the comp, but I've never seen it on, on both sides. Um, in, in saying that, uh, I think I've both played different roles. Nathan is the, the key player to whether they win or lose. Jake, he may not even get on the field. He's, he's sort of played that role where it's just in case, you know, a couple of the positions, specialist positions go down, he's there just in case. And Or we may say one of the, see one of those players go down early and Jake Arthur gets thrown in into the fire really early and ends up playing a, a real pivotal role if Parramatta win the game. So, you know, he's, he's topped a lot of flack, Jacob Arthur, because he's only 19 years of, old, uh, of age and people are expecting him to, to do a lot more than what he's you know, what his, what his age is allowing him to and his experience. So, you know, I hope he gets on the field and I hope he holds himself in really good stead. Scotty, always a pleasure having you on the show, mate. Get back to your fun and festivities there and enjoy the catch-up with uh, your premiership teammates on the weekend, mate. Take care. I think the dance floor is about to open up. <laughs> Good work. Scotty Sattler here on Sports Day. Penrith Panthers Premiership player in 2003 and also host of Sports Day on the East Coast. He's a great bloke. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service, you can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Skeet, who wins? Oh, I've said it all week. In fact, I might have said it since the midway part of the year. Penrith will win. Uh, the conditions a bit indifferent, but the Panthers to make it back-to-back. All right. Well, we're clear of commitment. On the other side, we are going to have a chat to another premiership player, captain of West Perth back in 2013. Jason Salasic will join us next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot.
Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company. And we keep our grand final chat going. And back in 2013, the premiership captain of his club at West Perth was Jason Salisic, and he joins us here on Sports Day. Jace, welcome, mate. Nice to chat. How are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, when you reflect back to that 50-point victory that you had over East Perth on that grand final day, what's still fresh in your mind? Um, oh, there was a few things that, uh, like reflecting on it and thinking about, obviously, grand final this week. Um, one one thing that really stood out for me and being the captain was I got to the game and I was I was probably the calmest I've ever ever been. Um, I was really confident in the boys that um, that they were going to get the job done, and it was just it was very odd that um, you rock up to a game and a, and a grand final on the biggest day in the calendar, and and you're probably the calmest you've ever been. It was um, it was quite a shock to me, but it was um, it was a good feeling. So given that experience, albeit almost a decade ago, have you been able to impart some knowledge, some advice to some of the young blokes that don't know exactly what to experience over the next 24 hours? Um, yeah, you, you touch base with a few of the guys and just check in and, and make sure that, um, that they're probably not thinking about the game um, before it's actually played and just wait for the moment to come. But um, look, uh, we've got a really good, um, leadership group at the football club and um, there's a couple of guys there that have played in the premiership back in 2013 that um, that get around to those guys as well and it probably means a little bit more when it comes to the players um, that have been there before than, than it does the coaches but um, yeah I think there's there's a whole um, whole group of us I suppose coaches and players that have experienced it before at the football club at the moment and um, yeah, any of the kids that and uh, young blokes that need the advice, um, they'll seek it. So, so going back to 2013, of course, you had the uh, the super trio of uh, Black, Nelson and Mark Hutchings. Now, two of the three will be out there tomorrow, but Mark, unfortunately, with a hamstring, is a no-show. So there's always a heartache story grand final week, and unfortunately, it looks like Mark is the case at West Perth this year. Uh, yeah, it is, yeah, unfortunately, for Hutchie, um Obviously, in the East from Randall game, he he got a hamstring tear, so um, it was just yeah the, the amount of time that he needed to recover to get that right and, um, and play this week um, just wasn't enough. So yeah, it's disappointing for for Hutchie. Um, you know, he's such a he's such a good person around the football club. You know, he continued to to do his weight and training, and you know, be there to support others. And you talk about getting advice. It's um, someone that's experienced so much in his football career. Um, you could see him getting around to some of the guys and just having conversations with them. So, you know, he just continues as as a person um, just to help out around the football club. So, um, yeah, it's great. It's great to have him back at the club, um, and and he's still playing a part, which is great. Jason Selasic, we're chatting to if you've just joined us here on Sports Day, Premiership player back with the West Perth Football Club in 2013. Hey, mate, on the way through to make it to this grand final, you rolled your old coach too, Billy Monaghan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, didn't have any conversations with Bill leading into the games, but um, yeah, now Bill's done a fantastic job throughout this year and you know over the last couple of years to get East Fremantle in the position they are now. Um, but yeah, it was um, obviously you know we we wanted a win and uh, fortunately we got the chocolates on the day and, and we continued forward and unfortunately for them their season's done, but um, I'm sure they'll 
um, continue to, to improve over the next couple of years and they'll be around the mark again. I'm sure you've gone through it with a fine-tooth comb. That's your opposition. I'm talking about Claremont, who got uh, badly beaten by East Fremantle by 48 points in the first round of finals, and then they got them back to make it into the grand final to take you on. Yeah, they, um, Claremont have been playing the last couple of weeks. They've played some really good football. Um, yeah, you're right. We've, we've had the opportunity to sit down and, and prepare, um, given we've had the, the week off. Um, to look at them pretty closely. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've been in really good form the last couple of weeks, and you can see they've made some structural changes um, throughout the last couple of games. So, yeah, we've looked at those, and um, and there's some other aspects that they've improved in as well. So, yeah, we, we just got focused on ourselves, but, um, yeah, we, we keep in mind the things that they, they want to do and um, and the way they want to play. Just going back to that 213 uh, premiership triumph, uh, 49 points against East Perth. If you could pick an opposition to beat in a grand final, it would be pretty close to the mark, wouldn't it, beating the Royals? Uh, yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I grew up uh, and played, I suppose, in uh, in an era where there was still the derbies meant a hell of a lot. Uh, not to say that they don't mean something to the, the current playing group, but it was a pretty fierce rivalry um, when I was coming through as, as a kid. Um, so yeah, to, to beat East, uh, East Perth on Grand Final day, um, my first Grand Final played in 2002, and we lost to East Perth, and um, it wasn't too happy about that. But to finish um, 2013 um, and retire for the first time, um, beating them was yeah was no better feeling. Now eight years later, now we think of Tom Brady, Jimmy Anderson, David Mundy in his late 30s, bloke called Jason Salisic, the age of 37 last year went around in league footy. Uh, what are your reflections on that? Uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a hell of a ride. Um, it was good. I just I really wanted to help some of the, the younger guys coming through, and I thought the best way I could do that was um, to be involved and play and train and, you know, just pass on as much knowledge as I could and help as many as I could um, throughout last year. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was good fun. Um, and it's amazing... Um, some of the things that happened throughout last year and think about some of the players um, that are playing on the weekend and hopefully you have a bit of an impact on them, um, try and help them in, in some aspect uh, and hopefully that um, they can use some of that experience um, through through my actions. Um, they can They can use some of that experience on the weekend. Thanks very much for your time, Jace. We really appreciate it, mate, and all the best uh, for tomorrow. Take care. No worries. Thanks, guys. Jason Salisic joining us from the West Perth Footy Club. 212 games, 148 goals, 11th all-time at his footy club, and uh, fantastic. I think testament to his longevity there, Skeet, playing until that uh, that ripe age. And obviously so highly thought of at the footy club that with Darren Harris arriving at the Falcons... Again this year, he slipped straight into an assistant coaching role, so uh, hoping to plot the downfall of the Tigers tomorrow. So really looking forward to seeing how that pans out. Absolutely. We need to clear a break, and on the other side, we're going to change tack back to the NRL Grand Final. We're going to be joined by a bloke who played for Newcastle back in the 1997 NRL Grand Final. 
Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Welcome back to Sports Day as we continue our grand final theme and Newcastle NRL Premiership player is going to join us right now here on the program. And Skeet, I hear this man's your brother-in-law. Is this right? Yeah, it's a very difficult get for me, uh, ringing up my brother-in-law for a chat about <laughs> NRL and grand final week. His name is Darren Albert and if you follow the Newcastle Knights over the journey, you'll know that he scored the winning try in the dying seconds of 1997 against Manly. He's dined out on that ever since. Uh, Darren, thanks for a chat tonight, uh, my friend. Yeah, no worries, Mark. How are you, mate? <laughs> Going really well. Nice to talk to you about the uh, grand final week and the memories it holds for you. And uh, like so many blokes that have done miraculous things on the biggest day of the year, I'm sure uh, this week brings back some memories for you. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, it's about this time of year where I start getting wheeled out. I'll be, I'll be dining, as you say, dining out on it for a while. So, um, but yeah, this time of year, it, it certainly does. Um, Everyone starts to, you know, especially this year, I suppose, it's been 25 years, so there's been a few um, few reminders, texts coming from people going, oh, happy anniversary, and stuff <laughs> like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big occasion. Darren, we were preparing yesterday, and I said to Skeet, we need a couple of premiership players from the NRL, and then we looked up at the television, and there you were scoring a try in the dying seconds of the 1997 ARL Grand Final against Manly, uh, and that gave your team a maiden premiership. How crucial was that at the time? To the club or to the town or to everything? I mean, I think, it, I it think had a bit of... Paint, um, paint the picture. On myself, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like Newcastle was going through quite a tough time uh, around that period. Um, there'd been an earthquake, you know, previous to that, um, which had put everyone back on the, uh, you know, made life tough for everybody. And a couple of major um, industrial uh, complexes kind of shut down as well. So, you know, really the area really was lacking something to be happy and 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 to cheer about. So, you know, we we kind of. Leading up to that game, we, we were going around town and 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 catching up with everybody, uh, all the you know everyone around Newcastle, and just trying to you know and got a real feel for what it actually meant, you know, for us as a club because I mean that was our first uh, grand final appearance, um, but also as a town to um, you know give everyone something to to smile about. Going back to the grand final try, Andrew Johns, of course, famously dishing off to you. How much banter have you had with him over the years? Yeah, it happens <laughs> happens all the time. Actually, it's probably well, it's probably rare that um, that you know we banter with each other about it. It's more banter around um, like Mark Hughes, for example, who was playing in the centres inside me, uh, blowing up that it didn't get passed to him. <laughs> it got passed to me instead, and, and you know careers and careers and lives changed at that point. So. Um, yeah, it's, it, it really is a reference to that game made without, um, you know, Joey and myself's na- uh, names being mentioned yeah, together. It's a, it's a winning try that has been mentioned, but I think those that don't follow NRL wouldn't understand the pace that you had and the, the speed which allowed you to, I guess you were the first option in that situation, but also in the prelim final the week before, uh, running down Matty Sears into touch when the North Sydney fullback was, well, he's destined to score. That must bring almost as much pride, although it's not not as uh, much highlighted as uh, the the grand final try. Yeah, uh, yeah, it really does. Um, you know, it was one of those games against North that um, 
we were we were doing we were doing well. We were in front at that stage, but um, they were coming back quite strongly, and and that try would have you know uh, kind of would have levelled or put them in front. So the game was certainly swinging uh, in their favour at that point. And um, yeah, when Maddie took off uh, down the far side of the field, I thought I just started jogging because we had plenty of players there, and I thought, yep, they'll just pick him pick him up. Like you know, we're plenty of defenders there, so I just sort of jog- started jogging across, and um, and then. One fell over and the other fell over and Matty, the next thing he's in the clear. So, you know, I guess, um, I guess one of those things where you never know unless you try and, and uh, normally you would think, oh, you know, he's out the side of the field, he'll probably got no chance. But, you know, when it's a, a game that's on the line like that and then it's certainly occasion like that to get into the grand final, you know, well, no, I'm just going to put it in here and see what happens. And, you know, luckily uh, I managed to get him just shy of the line. Yeah, an amazing Prelim final win and grand final win. Look, we, we can compare it to Dom Sheed in an AFL sense, kicking that, that goal against Collingwood a few years ago. I don't think Dom's had to buy a, a drink since then. How long did it last <laughs> for you? Uh, around Newcastle lasted a very long time. Still, <laughs> you know, when, I, when, I do make, when I do make it back, I still, still get a lot of freebies. So, no, it was um, I, quite often, you know, not just necessarily on, on, you know, for drinks either, but quite often people, um, once they, you know, Know who I am, or, or learn who I am, or whatever. While we're while we're talking, uh, they'll go, "Oh yeah, I saw that game, and this is where I was, and this is what I was doing." And everyone kind of has a picture of where they were at that occasion because it was such a memorable moment, um, you know, for for ourselves and for Newcastle, the town, the team, uh, but also everyone around, all the supporters and pe- people watching that game. It, was, um, you know, it seems to be something that sticks in people's minds. What about the weekend, mate? Who do you think gets the job done? Uh, <laughs> my my. Uh, my heart tells me it, it's. Uh, you know, I'd like Parramatta to win. It's been a long time for them. Um, they they were one of the first teams I supported in the, um, in rugby league uh, when I was when I was quite uh, quite young. We used to take uh, father and son trips down to Sydney for the grand final, and um, at that stage Parramatta were, were doing really well and won a couple of grand finals at that stage. And so, uh, you know, it's 1986 is the last time they won. So I'm, you know, I'd, I'd certainly want them to win, but. Uh, the way the way Penrith played last weekend, I, I, I you know, if they turn that up again, I, I, I think that would be hard to beat. Yep, yeah, I think you've called it well there, uh, Darren and Carl. Before we finish up, just a quick story for you, Carl. I remember, I was having a drink with uh, Darren and my sister, and I think my wife up on the Gold Coast at a bar, and a couple of people started pointing in our direction. I thought. Uh, being a TV guy from Perth, or maybe they're from WA, when I come over and have a chat. So they started wandering over, and I said to my wife, Victoria, let's just have a look at this. Uh, they've come up, uh, completely brushed me, and went up and said, Darren, we're from Newcastle. Can we get a photo with you? And I thought, you mongrel dog brother-in-law. Uh, I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the day. <laughs> well, you've been gutted about that ever since. I know, I know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the, good on the show, mate, and thank you for joining yeah. us. No worries at all. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Good on you, Darren Albert uh, there, and fantastic to reminisce with him. Uh, thanks to the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. You can see more at kia.com.au. We'll keep our grand final theme rolling straight after the break. We will be joined by the president of the Claremont Tigers Football Club, Grant Povey, next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot.
Nice to have your company here on Sports Day and fantastic to have the president of the Claremont Tigers Football Club. We've had a chat to Jason Salisic from West Perth earlier today and Neil Fong was on the radio with Liam Bartlett this morning. Grant Povey joined us. G'day, Prez. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling really good, thanks, Cal. Really excited. Uh, look, it's been a big day today. Of course, a Carbine Club lunch was on earlier today in the lead-up to the WAFL Grand Final. And, um, look, uh, for what your team was able to do to turn that result around against East Fremantle, who had given you a nice old touch-up a couple of weeks before, was a really good result to make it through to the Grand Final. Oh, look, Al, the, the boys have been um, amazing in the last two weeks. I must say that the, the three or four weeks before that was... We were getting touched up pretty badly, to be honest. And uh, Ash and the boys have, have really got together and turned it around to uh, give us a great shot at um, you know, a grand final victory tomorrow. And Grant- um, the East Roman were playing outstanding footy and they, they beat us twice in four weeks. And, um, you know, the guys stepped up and had a real crack. And Grant... Total credit to your coaching group because they did make some positional changes and Tim House going back and O'Connor into the middle there. They haven't been sitting on their heels. They've been prepared to to change up the angles to try and get a result. They did that, uh, of course, uh, in the last couple of finals. Oh, yeah. Look, I think with Stevie Miller, unfortunately, injuring a knee a few, way, a few weeks back against East Fremantle uh, forced them to make some changes and it's sort of worked out for the, you know, Timmy... Timmy struggling up forward at that, that, that stage, went back and really settled the back line down and Jai going back and putting some young guns in the middle, um, I think has really helped the, the side uh, settle down into some good positional, you know, situations. Now, Poves, uh, we in the media have dubbed this the Darren Harris Cup, the grand final where uh, your former coach comes back and has a, a dash at the Tigers. Uh, it's a nice promotional tool. Uh, oh, look, it, it is. And, uh, you know, all credit to Darren. He's jumped into West Perth and, uh, they've, they've had an outstanding season and, uh, deserve to be favourites for tomorrow's game with where they finish on the ladder. Um, but, you know, on, on the other hand, that, you know, we're really proud of Claremont of, of how we've gone and turned the season around. We've been, been up there most of the season. So I, I think it's, it's made for a really good game of football, to be honest, for tomorrow. You would obviously um, love to see another flag head Claremont's way, 19 to West Perth, their last in 2013. But it wasn't that long ago that you tasted success. Uh, 2011 and went back-to-back in 2012. Simon McPhee and Mark Webb were your last two premiership coaches. So uh, it's it's not too far uh, in the past, Poves. Look, it's 10 years ago, Carl, and... Um... Uh, I think 10 years is enough, and I think we're due with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed that the boys can do it tomorrow. So, um, you know, we, we pride ourselves on being a, a strong footy club, and um, we've had our our issues off the field, you know, a few years ago with our development and uh, owing a lot of money and uh, turning that around. So we've really, in the last few years, started to really think about our on-field success. And um, so it would be great to be able to get get the cup back, but, you know, West Perth will be thinking the same, so, you know, the best team on, on the day will, will, will get it. And look, you're a, you're a Claremont boy through and through, that's where your career began, uh, when you when you uh, first made it uh, to the top level, and gee, I'll tell you what, mate, they're not easy to win, are they? I mean, when you think it is 10 years since you won, and for West Perth, their last flag was 2013 under Bill Monaghan, it doesn't seem that long ago, but just shows you how tough they are to win, right? Oh man, you, you guys, uh, you know, just as much as anyone, Carl, um, 
I think I played in one, and uh, I remember winning one against you and losing one against you, and I was like the age of 20, and I thought, oh, how easy is this? And that was the last one I ever won. So they don't come around very often, and there's, not, there's always not every, uh, you know, it's always not next year. So you've got to make the most of it, and it is it is hard, and um, both sides have put a lot of hard work into this, and um, a lot of coaches and a lot of support staff and administration, so everyone's hanging off the result, you know, and, and uh, both sides you know, really deserve credit for getting there. And going back a couple of years, uh, Grant, you had three grades in grand finals, didn't get the result. Uh, this year, you could have a very special Quinella with uh, the Waffle W team, premiership winners, and your league team. So that would be a very special memory if you could create that tomorrow. Oh, look, Mark, it would be outstanding. And uh, we've had the, the women's, as you said, they've got the cup in the... In the change rooms and I said to Rachel, our president the other day, it'd be nice to put one next to it. And it is the year of the Tiger, Mark. So uh, we're hoping... To a, just on, a, on a, a side about tomorrow, look, it's the spiritual home for West Perth. You're expecting, we expect there to be more Falcon supporters than Claremont supporters, but I guess you're urging a lot of Claremont faithful to get there and at least make some noise for your team. Oh, we would hope so, but uh, I've just been told it's pretty much a sellout, so... Uh, we're hoping the Tigers supporters have got there and that uh, we'll have a, a good support around the ground, um, you know, embarrassing for us, yeah. Fantastic, mate. Well, thank you very much for sharing a few minutes with us tonight here on Sports Day. Take care and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Good on you, Grant Povey there, president of the Claremont Football Club. Uh, all thanks to the Toolkit Depot. Spring it on with top deals on everything you need for your outdoor projects at the Toolkit Depot. Looking forward to that WAFL Grand Final, and you'll hear it uh, live here on 882 6 Hour Coverage gets underway from 1 o'clock, and Bill Monaghan, the last premiership coach mm. for West Perth, will be our very special guest in comments skate tomorrow. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to, you're in a little van up on the hill uh, with a bit of access to the fans to give their advice to you from time to time. So looking forward to seeing how you and Paps uh, enjoy the atmosphere out there with uh, about 10,000 fans getting nice and pumped up about a grand final. Yeah, well, let's hope there's not too many beer snakes blocking my view, Skeet. Now, uh, let's go back and reflect on uh, what has unfolded today. Now, what we do know is a couple of long-term deals were done. Jordan Degoe has signed at the Pies, so uh, his free agency is uh, out the window. A five-year deal to the end of 2027. And Tommy Papley, likewise, uh, he had another year to go on his contract. An extension of five years, though, Skeet, takes him through until 2028. Yes, another one which... Uh, come across me is uh, Tom Mitchell we thought was going to be on the move but it's uh, Hawthorne saying it has not received yet a trade request from Mitchell a Brownlow medalist of course so uh, there was some talk that Collingwood might be in the in the market for him and of course uh, the Hawks have confirmed uh, some interest in Jack Bowes from the Gold Coast and Dockers Ruckman Lloyd Meek which is not new news but I get the feeling they'll step up their bid for him. Now, nah, Trade Radio update, thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Uh, just uh, in some other action, and there's so much of it happening this weekend, the Singapore Formula One Grand Prix on this weekend. Daniel Ricciardo, I think, uh, now looking at, at best a reserve drive in the field for 2023, so no front spot for him at this point. Uh, the Thailand Moto Grand Prix is on this weekend. Uh, we had West Coast take on Hawthorne and AFLW. The local action will be free on Melbourne. That'll be at Fremantle Oval on Sunday, Ski. 
17th. We've got cricket that is going to be happening uh, for the girls on Sunday at North Sydney Oval. And tomorrow, of course, it gets underway. And we had a chat to Jai Richardson in the first hour down there at the Wacker as they start their Marsh Cup match. And then, of course, we've got uh, the Hockey One tournament, Perth Thundersticks against the Adelaide Fire. Skate, it's unbelievable. The Wildcats, just to finish things off, will be underway too for their season on Sunday. Absolutely. I saw a lineup outside uh, RAC Arena a couple of days ago. I thought that was for Wildcats tickets. It was for Billy Eilish. So it was uh, just a bit over top, over the top of the hype uh, expected for the Wildcats. But looking forward in all seriousness to seeing the Cats in action mo- uh, Sunday afternoon, one o'clock. The Red Army back for another season. Yeah, and uh, what we will do is we're going to keep this grand final theme going. Of course, we've had a real focus on the NRL, and we have spoken to Scott Sattler, and we've spoken to Darren Albert, two premiership players. Well, we are going to have a chat to a young lady by the name of Kennedy Cherrington next. Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Nice to have your company here on Sports Day and it is a big weekend. Uh, tomorrow we've got uh, the WAFL Grand Final. We just set the scene with that with the Claremont President Grant Povey. Well, now we head to the East Coast and Kennedy Cherrington, who's a West Australian, will find out exactly all of her background right now, but into a NRLW grand final playing with the Parramatta Eels. Kennedy, welcome to Sports Day. How are you going? How are you feeling? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I love, um, you know, giving back to the Western Australian community. So thank you for having me again. Um, I'm really, really excited. I'm trying to control my emotions and energy and trying to save it for Captain's Run tomorrow and the big day Sunday. But I'm honestly so, so, so happy and really proud of my team. You sound so excited. Uh, Just tracking back to your WA heritage, uh, Rockingham, I believe. Can you explain how you got into rugby league and how you ended up at Parramatta? Yes, so um, I was born in Western Sydney, and it wasn't until Dad got a job in the mines over in Newman, Port Hedland, wherever he was when we were younger. So we moved to Perth when I was 10. Um, I was playing netball at the time, and... In Sydney, rugby league's on a Saturday, where in Perth, rugby league's on a Sunday. So I was able to do the double code netball on a Saturday, league on a Sunday. So I began my junior days at Rockingham Coastal Sharks, um, where I'm a junior there. So I was my little sister. In under 10s, I played 2009, 2010, and 2011 there. And then I had to stop playing with the boys. So um, I ended up being kind of pretty good. Um, rugby league kind of runs in the family with my few older cousins playing in the NRL. And um, basically, I'm the first female to be at the level I am. And I have a little sister, Ruben Cherrington, who's also following um, my footsteps and is also in our Parramatta squad as well. So, um, yeah, just a lot. I just think I love being the pioneer for the Western Australian community because it is hard um, with being from Western Australia, you know, you kind of get overlooked from the eastern states. But um, I just hope I'm that person for everyone to be like, hang on, no, it's not just eastern states dominated. Um, there is a Perth girl representing, so yeah. That sounds great. Uh, you sound like you're up for the task as well, Kennedy. Uh, playing for Parramatta on Sunday against Newcastle, there's another young West Aussie, uh, Shanice Parker, leading the way. But just about the Parramatta aspect, because you're going to be before the Eels and the Panthers, you're going to have a heap of support out there on Sunday, Arvo. 
Yeah, I heard the pen or oh, the Panther, the Parrot fans have already bought out 60% of the stadium and they're showing up there bright and early at three o'clock as soon as the gates open. So it's a massive, massive day for the club. Um, I heard Paramount is basically on lockdown because of um, the fan fest going on there. Um, they've actually hired out the Combank Stadium, our home ground stadium, to become like a big community festival as well, watching the game from three o'clock. All the leagues club is booked out. Like, there's so much going on. Um, and I think Parramatta deserves it. I think both teams in our respect have been the underdogs this season where no one's backed us. And I think that's what's fueled the fire. But I can't wait to get it done. I'm, I'm so proud to wear the blue and gold and just, yeah, really excited. Now, Sunday's uh, semi-final, you went in as the underdogs, but you upset the more fancied Sydney Roosters. How did that feel at Suncorp <laughs> Stadium? Oh, that felt great. Um yeah, oh, yeah, they've been the pioneer the last, this this year actually with beating the Broncos um, to gain their fourth fourth premiership. But the Roosters are actually my my rookie club as well, so I debuted there in 2020 in my NR my first NRLW season. So it was good to get the chocolate, um, and I love going in as the underdog because no one backs you, but that's what motivates you to just go to the next level of footy and um, I think no one, no one was expecting that upset. Not not even by a small margin, like they thought we were going to get hammered with points, but we actually did the hammering and put um, 12, 12 plus points on them and um, uh, just goes to show like our NRW season's too short, like you're only just gelling as a team and then come finals at the back end, like that's that's where you see a full potential of a team. Yeah, exactly. I mentioned Shanice Parker with the Willoughby Bears originally. Uh, yep. And NRLW as a whole, we know the AFLW, they're getting good pay rises and hopefully at some stage going professional. I guess in many ways, Kennedy, you'd like to uh, be professional and, and commit your whole time with a financial backing towards the game you love? Yeah, so uh, me, by the way, me and Shanice actually um, played against each other in under 10s, 11s, 12s, so <laughs> we've known each other for a long time. Um, it's so good to see her in, in the nights after popping a baby out, so she, she's incredible. But back to the, um, you know, being the pioneers of the game, um, yes, I do see us going full-time in the next two to three years. It is definitely on its way. Rugby League is actually the fastest-growing sport in Australia right now. Um, just trying to un- like tap that into Western Australia as well, not just becoming... Eastern states dominated. So me and Shanice are always vouching for our Western Australians and even um, fellow South Australians, Northern Territorians, um, just the unaffiliated states that never get a look in because um, there are, is untapped talent, talent there. And with the World Cup coming up and the expansion next year for the NRLW season, there's going to be so much opportunity. I just really hope that coaches look on the other side of the state. Kennedy, fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing some time with us and good luck for Sunday. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I appreciate it so much, um, you know, thinking about your little Perth girl, but <laughs> can't wait to do it. Um, go Paras for the double. Good on you. Kennedy Cherrington there. You can hear the excitement in her voice, Skeet, eh? Oh, terrific stuff. And her passion, well, it's like the AFLW, like the NRLW. They are out there going 110% and uh, best of luck to both Parramatta and Newcastle on Sunday in the decider. Well, that's our grand final show done and dust. It's been a pleasure having your company here on this Friday night on Sports Day. Todd Johnston is on your radio next with the night shift. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.